Welcome to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Now, here's Jeff Hunt. Howdy, friends. Jeff Hunt, chief wagon boss of this operation. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour on the board. Always great. Michael Deadshot Arpaio, who actually has a cowboy name. This whole time, I thought I came up with a cowboy name. And then someone's like, hey, call Geronimo. And so I call this number thinking it's some guy named Geronimo. (laughs) It's Michael. And so Michael's had this cowboy, and in fact, a fantastic Western name, Geronimo, the whole time. And we've been calling him Deadshot because he's so good on the board. But I don't know. We'll, We'll have to go back and forth. Jamie Erker. The Mighty One producer, director of communications at the Centennial Institute. If you're listening to us for the first time, welcome. We cover issues facing the Western United States from a Christian conservative perspective. We're thankful we're not getting all the government we are paying for. On the show today, this week, Matt Ranger Needler. Um, we gave you that middle name. How do you like the how do you like the middle name Ranger? I'll take it. You take I'll it. Take it. Yep. That's right. If you know right. of Caucus Room. You are talking to the co-founder and CEO, Matt Ranger-Needler. F- served with Dan Schaefer. Tom Tancredo was a senior advisor to Governor Bill Owens. State legislator from 2005 to 2007 in Lakewood. And is the co-founder and, found- and CEO of Caucus Room, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But you're a Coloradan, and Colorado's not doing so well. Matt, what happened to our state? Let's start right there. Well, I... Uh- I, I like the the ranger name. My first job uh, as a uh, youth in Boulder, growing up in Boulder County, Colorado, was uh, building the trails through the Junior Ranger program, there and I went go. on to be a senior ranger running the crews uh, in college. And perfect, so, there you go. I love it. There you yeah, go. Building building the trails. So, you know, growing up in Boulder, then uh, was it was your quirky liberal town the, of the '60s, right? Uh, and now, when you go back, it is a Lily White, uh, extremely rich town, full of um, you know people who uh, maybe once upon a time they were the counterculture, but they are the institutionalists now, right? right? They like like they run Colorado, hundred percent. And uh, you know, I I think of my many friends and family from Boulder, uh, growing up there, how the Democrats that I knew then. Uh, and still know today many who have uh, they're the party of of bad ideas but good intentions right <laughs> uh but there is a uh, an emerging breed that is just something a little different uh that and they seem to have the money and the power and the capacity to to move the needle politically and they have been for for many years uh and you know and and they've they took over the state I, i'd love to talk a little bit sort of when I think the real turn happened because I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure when I when if well you were a state legislator yeah. from 2005 to 2007 yeah. representing Lakewood so when was the change what do you think so the year I was elected was the year that the the blueprint happened right, the, right. When, the, when the Democrats took over the state uh, general assembly they targeted eight house raises and they won seven of them and i was the i was the eighth i was the <laughs> one that they they didn't uh, pick off it was a stretch i think in my district for one thing and i certainly did work hard but i think mostly it was a you know it was supposed to be a plus nine district and i won it by two or three wow um but the 
so they they became much more organized. They had obviously written the campaign finance laws that still provide them a, a tremendous advantage today. But so there were structural and, and gameplay issues. But I think the turn was in 2014 because we actually you know clawed back every statewide office in 2014. Actually, uh, by 2014, we had every statewide office except governor uh, and uh, one Senate seat. But we had one mm. one back the other one. But losing that governor's race, I think, uh, these days when a state has a wave election, mm-hmm. right, or if they survive a wave election, uh, people are very economically mobile now. They can they can just move wherever they want to work in their job. And I think uh, between the legalization of marijuana, um, I mean, this full, which I believe came online right about then, right? 2012, like it was elected 2013, January. Yeah. Or January first of two thousand fourteen, so it was two thousand. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it passed in the ballot November of right. two thousand twelve, and then they spent a year getting ready for it. Right. And then remember New Year's Eve, everyone's yeah. down there opening pot shops and buying their pot legally. Yeah, and if I remember right, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say that the it, the net advantage of Republicans over Democrats in Colorado there still was one, or it was it was close, uh, yeah. but it was in twenty fourteen. But then then you saw the numbers move dramatically, right? right? Like they really moved in terms of more Democrats uh, moving into the state. And they were were liberal, young, white men, largely, um, actually. Uh, People thought that the the blue trajectory of the state would be based on Latino in, you know, in flux or mm. something like that. That had been the projections mm. when I, even when I was in the legislature in 05, uh, that had been their projection of why Colorado would turn blue. And that wasn't the story at all. Uh, Colorado turned more red and, and Latinos turned more red. Uh, and, and at least they certainly remain one of the most moderate voting blocks in Colorado, but uh, the most liberal blocks moved into the state from elsewhere, and right. they were sort of your your liberal tech bros and the and the liberals <laughs> who really wanted to live in a state, the first state where marijuana was legalized. Yeah. And I do think that those two things, plus uh, the Hickenlooper surviving a very uh, surprisingly close reelection effort for governor. It's Bob Prey. and that's like you put all those things in a sign saying sort of. Uh, this is a place where liberals can feel safe uh, out in the West. Mm. And at a time when uh, otherwise it had actually been quite a wave election for conservatives everywhere. So so that was the year when I feel like we could have, if we had won that, right, if we had actually won that governor's seat, mm. that, that sign wouldn't be hanging out there for liberals to feel like Colorado is a safe space as much to move <laughs> into. And I think that influx would have been different. And I do think also the laws that would have passed would have been different. I mean, now states pass laws not just to push the policy envelope, but also to signal um, my state is open to this right. block. Right. You know, I think that's honestly is the biggest story that came out of the t- 2022 elections. And it's important for me to quantify this or qualify this. The Centennial Institute is not a partisan organization. We're a right. 501c3 organization, so this is just analysis and discussion. We are not advocating for the election or defeat of any particular party or candidate. Jamie's laughing because I'm, I'm, I've got that legalese down, hosting do. a Western Conservative Summit right now. Uh, so, yeah, the, the untold story was, how do you get Ron DeSantis, that barely won by a point four years ago, wins by 20 points in the same election that... 
Jared Polis wins by 25 points after winning by what? Maybe 5, 10, 8 points the previous year. So you have like a red wave in one part of this nation, a blue wave in the other part of the yep. nation. And the reality is policies are driving people yep. to these states. So we're not in an, in America where there are slight differences between Republicans and Democrats anymore. There are very serious worldview differences between the two parties and they're enacting policies and laws according to those worldviews and they're you're going to have states that succeed and thrive like the free state of florida and you have states like colorado that are being driven into the ditch i mean i i pose this question we're running up against a commercial break here in a few minutes but i pose this question like where has leftism succeeded in this nation where because of the control of leftists in either a city or a state the state is doing really really well and people are like i want to move there because of how great it is and i i, I, I so i don't think i don't think that's happening and i think people are actually moving based upon worldview affiliation mm -hmm. so they're willing to look at colorado the people that are moving here and are going yeah crime yeah homelessness yeah drug overdoses but these are my people right mm -hmm. i can i can smoke pot if i want i can have an abortion at any age stage that i want these are the types of people that i affiliate with mm -hmm. and they're willing to overlook the problems i think that's really what's driving a lot of these changes oh absolutely yeah i mean i uh i was actually born and first spent the first 12 years in you know southern rural indiana and uh we uh former classmate and you know a uh, close friend of mine moved out here but you know he's he's i'm sure to the left of me um and i think he felt out of place in tennessee where he, where he had been and so he moved to boulder uh and that was right around 2014 2015 and and i could tell i could tell dozens of stories like that but i can't mm. tell many stories the other way around where right. someone uh, where where a conservative moved to Colorado for uh, you know for many I can tell I, I can, certainly can tell stories of you know my my wife is uh, you know involved in some of the hiring committees that are at her school and they they brought a teacher out a really talented teacher from from Kansas and he spent a year trying to just trying to find a house he could afford and also uh, just you know taking in the sort of the environment, the political environment, the policy environment that uh, he saw in Colorado, and he's moving back to Kansas next year. And so, yeah. we, so they had brought in this this super talented teacher, and unfortunately, he's moving right back to Kansas because it just, you know, how can you move away? College is such a, so beautiful. Right. Like how bad are we? How bad are we screwing up here that you'd want to move back to Kansas? Kansas. I mean, and enjoy so, all the wind, yeah, and and bugs. Friends, we're talking with Matt Needler. He's the CEO of Caucus Room. We're going to get into that because this is an important website that you need to know about to connect, especially here in Colorado with the remnant, those of us that are remaining <laughs> and not moving back to Kansas, although I may I may have Googled property, ranch property in Oklahoma. I haven't made any promises, but, you know, I looked, especially after this last election, just to see what's happening out there. Friends, when we get back, we're going to continue this conversation. Matt Needler, former staffer to Dan Schaefer, Tom Tancredo. Senior Advisor to Governor Bill Owens, and he was a state legislature legislator as well from 2005 to 2007, representing Lakewood, and we'll get into caucus room. So we've got a lot to cover. Stick around. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University.